The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. We're coming into the final furlong of Derby and Oaks Week. Of course, it's the first Saturday of May, and we're still in April, but we're getting awful close, and everybody's buzzing. Some things are happening down at Churchill Downs, and I brought two guys in that have their ear to the ground at Churchill Downs. Uh, We're talking about Dick Downey. From the Downey profile, of course, uh, he has uh, quite the, the, the resume. Uh, he's a native Kentuckian, an attorney, a retired circuit court judge. And uh, the Downey profile, it's it, he only brings it up. It's not there all the time. It's dedicated to coverage of the Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown Trail. So uh, this is uh, what he does on the side when he's not lawyering up. Uh, so uh, I do believe he's retired now, but uh, he stays pretty busy. And uh, so Dick Downey, uh, he has to put together the Downey profile. I suggest you go and check it out because he covers uh, the workouts, uh, you know, trending news that that's happening he has uh, videos up there of, of uh, oaks and derby contenders uh, working out it's r- really a good site again it's called the downey profile dick downey will be our first guest and our, our second guest is a guy who is no stranger to the show i call upon him often because he's an excellent handicapper and has a smooth delivery on the air and that's byron king well he's a native of louisville kentucky so it makes sense to go to him as we close in on the Kentucky Derby but last couple of days I've seen him uh, at the press box at Keeneland. Keeneland of course will close out tomorrow so we're going to do one race from Keeneland and um, so that will be the Bewitch Stakes grade three going a mile and a half on the turf and then going to turn it right around. Racing starts Saturday night at Churchill Downs uh, the featured race is the William Walker. So several horses in there that were nominated to the Triple Crown over half the field, actually. So again, these are horses uh, that you may see in the Preakness, or these are horses whose connections said, you know what, we're probably better off sprinting because it's a six furlong affair with a $100,000 purse. And then I thought I'd take uh, Byron out of his comfort zone and go a mile on the turf at Gulfstream Park. It's the grade three Miami mile. All these kind of short fields, but we'll spend the first part of our conversation talking derby. So uh, with all that going on, I want you to go over to winningponies.com, pull down your easy win forms. As you know, we go from coast to coast with the picks that are most. 
very very successful at Golden Gate this week. Uh, had a uh, fifty cent pick five that paid just over five thousand dollars. And yeah, they're still racing at the mountain at Mountaineer. We had a uh, uh, big win day on the eighteenth. A fifty cent super five key paid four thousand seven forty five, and a one dollar super key returned two thousand seven hundred sixty two dollars and 10 cents so we've got uh, a lot of racing for you you want to go to winning ponies and pull down the easy win forms again the close of the keeneland meet the open of the churchill meet uh there is uh, some stakes races at at uh, belmont uh, Gulfstream, as we said uh, evangeline prairie meadows so uh, we reach out we cover all things well this was really tough to happen on derby week Robbie Alvarado sustained a fracture of his lower left tibia and fibula after falling at the beginning of the eighth race at Keeneland. And uh, he'll be off mounts for approximately three to four weeks. At first, they thought it was just kind of a rolled ankle, but I was speaking with some of the people at Keeneland yesterday, and they said he's actually had some rods and some pins put in. It's uh, more serious than they thought, but he he was hoping he could come back and ride in the Derby. Uh, So the horse, it was only a five and a half furlong race on the turf. He was immediately, he, he kind of stuck it, you know, like a, <clears throat> an Olympian, but when he did, crack, and uh, so eventually he was taken off to the track, so uh, it, it looks like uh, he's going to be back, but uh, for now, best wishes come out for a speedy recover to Robbie Alvarado. Well, that leaves him out of the Derby and Oaks picture, uh, but it does uh, put in Louis Sayaz is going to ride J-Boy's Echo, of course, uh, uh the Gotham Stakes winner Jay Boy's Echoes, trained by Dale Romans, who's had success with Sayaz. He was considering, uh, considering several of them for this late blooming son of Mineshaft, but you might remember that uh, uh, Louis Sayaz was successful last season riding for Romans on Brody's cause. So they've had experience, they've had luck together, and he has the blessing of the Allball family stable. He's getting them out, and good luck again to Robbie. Okay, here's some interesting news that we'll be talking to Byron King about because he kind of stuck with the story. Um, the connections of Gervin were staying kind of close-lipped on a national interview with the NTRA earlier this week, and a lot of questions about why he was uh, missing his certain work. And uh, what we found out is that he's now uh, battling a quarter crack in his right front foot. But uh, his connections are still hopeful that uh, the son of Talavacati can run in the Derby. Joe Sharp is the trainer, and he said the quarter crack uh, came when the Colt was still at Churchill Downs trackside training facility. And uh, a lot of people wonder why he moved Gervin last week back to Keeneland. Well, they have the Polytrack Training Center down below the main track, and it's a little bit more kinder to the feet, so the horse can maintain. But they have other things in the Lexington uh, area, and uh, it looks like uh, he's been doing the hyperbaric chamber and the swimming facilities at the Kentucky Equine Sports Medicine and Rehab Center. So they're just trying to keep the weight off the foot for now, uh, but they are trying to keep him fit. And uh, the main thing is is that he's going to have a special bar shoe put on. So we'll be asking uh, Byron King about that. But it has not affected his soundness, according to Sharp, that he's, he's very sound. Uh, he really hasn't trained on the track since jogging on Monday, and he's actually scheduled to breeze on that day. So uh, good luck to uh, the connections there. Again, we'll ask uh, uh, Byron um, 
a little bit more about that story. So, Gervin, it's just not a time you really want a problem nine days out from the Kentucky Derby. Okay, Battle of Midway, the runner-up in the Santa Anita Derby and who's getting into the Kentucky Derby off the points he earned, has been purchased in partnership by Windstar Farm and Don Alberto Stable from Rick Porter's Fox Hill Farm. Now, this son of Smart Strike will continue training with Jerry Hollendorfer as he gets ready for the Kentucky Derby and Flavian Pratt will have the Derby mount. Battle of Midway. So, of course, uh, Windstar and Elliot Walden and those guys are pretty sharp. Now, they must have given a pretty good price for this horse because uh, he was a $410,000 Phasic Tipton uh, New York Saratoga selected yearling. Uh, so if he cost that much and now he's in the derby field, I'm thinking they gave uh, uh, some money uh, for him. Uh, he, he's earned 290000 from four starts. He's out of a grade one winning mare. So uh, I'm sure that... Uh, the connections at Windstar are looking uh, towards a uh, breeding career when he's done. When you think about him being one of the last top colts by Smart Strike, who's a, a proven sire of sires. So he's going to have a lot of potential as a stallion. And I'm sure that that was a big part of the reason why uh, they went ahead and jumped in. Speaking about jumping in, a guy that's been known for jumping but in the snow, Bodie Miller has uh, joined an ownership group of Fast and Accurate, uh, who's owned uh, in partnership with uh, uh, Dr. Hansen. Of course, Fast and Accurate uh, is a son of Hansen, who won the Spiral Stakes. The other partners in there are Sky High Racing and Sand Dollar Stable, and I believe they have the same outfit that uh, took on part partnership of Hansen uh, when he won the two-year-old championship year and the Clips Award as a two-year-old. So he's going to be a long shot, but uh, Bodie Miller is uh, going to be there on Derby Day. And uh, the uh, they're not sure exactly what he's going to be doing. They're looking at the weather. He trains with Maker at the Trackside Farm. So we'll see what what, uh, what happens in the days ahead for a lot of horses because of the weather uh, down in the Louisville area. Uh, Goldakova, Victor Espinoza, or among some of the Hall and Fame inductees that uh, you may recall. And uh, so Goldakova was a three-time Breeders' Cup mile winner, multiple Eclipse Award winning. Jockey's going to be in there, Javier Castellano, sadly, the late Garrett Gomez, and Triple Crown winning Victor Espinoza. So that happens on August 4th up at Saratoga Springs. Of course, what a mare Goldakova was. She was an Irish-bred career record of 17 wins from 27 starts, earned over $7 million, the only three-time Breeders' Cup mile winner, and one of only two horses along with Beholder to win three Breeders' Cup races. Of course, she did win the Eclipse Award for Champion Turf Horse. Uh, we're looking now to see uh, that, uh, you know, Castellano, what a class act he is. He won the 2006 Preakness Stakes with Bernardini. Uh, other mounts you may recall was 2004 Horse of the Year, Ghost Sapper, as well as Champions Flintshire, Honor Code, uh, Prince of Silmar, at Day at the Spa. He's 44 years old, and he's won over 3,318 
dollars. Um, Victor Espinoza, of course, uh, man, he's been on a run the last couple of years. Let's uh, talk about uh, some of his top mounts. California Chrome and America Faro, uh, you can't beat that. And all, he's one of only 10 jockeys to win the Kentucky Derby three times or more. Espinoza's won 243 graded stakes races in his career. Well, I wish he was around to get the trophy. Uh, it's a, a sad life uh, that Garrett Gomez uh, won when uh, he would have his spells not being in the saddle. Uh, Gomez uh, won 3,769 races with purse earnings of more than $205 million. Uh, unbelievable in the Breeders' Cup. Gomez won 13 Breeders' Cup races and earned the Bill Shoemaker Awards, the top jockey at the Breeders' Cup, no less than four times. So uh, it's uh, it's great to see him getting his due. I hope some family members will, will be on hand to accept for them. Again, that's August 4th. And just this afternoon, a uh, Tisnow Colt uh, brought some buzz uh, down at uh, the Ocala sale, $2.45 million, and he's going to go to the stable of J.V. Magnier. So uh, that's a look at some of the top news that's out there right now. Irad Ortiz, of course, won the Aqueduct uh, riding title. Linda Rice and Rudy Rodriguez tied for the training title. Let's take a quick look at some of the races from last week that we handicapped on winning ponies. Bob Roberts was our guest, and what a race the Charlestown Classic was. I hope you watched it. Very interesting, using uh, an old angle. Uh, Ron Paolucci puts a rabbit in the race to soften up Stanford, and it it worked. Uh, Cautious Giant came from the outside, had Stanford on the rail. Velasquez had to take him back, but he definitely kept him moving. Uh, you know, Again, had to change tactics a little bit, coming back and going around. But when they came through the lane... It was imperative with Javier Castellano up, just getting there in the wire. Of course, imperative won the race in 2014. And then in a nose battle uh, at the wire, it was Matt King Cole nosing out another Luch horse, War Story. Okay, horse we'll probably see in the Preakness Stakes will be Multiplier. Uh, Multiplier took the Hawthorne Illinois Derby was on the rail for the quarter pole, pulled out three wide, and got up by a head over Hedge Fund. And then down at Keeneland, uh, it was a soft course. It was a yielding course. We predicted it would rain. And the winner in here was It's in the Post, a French bed who's been one of the most consistent horses in training in, in the last two seasons. Unbelievable. Stalked, took over in mid-stretch, and uh, won by a length and a quarter over Charming Kitten, who put in a strong leg finish from last, got second lasted by a neck over Bigger Picture. And now for the bigger picture of this year's Kentucky Derby, we're going to be talking to Dick Downey, creator of the Downey Profile. You're listening to Winning Ponies. We'll take a little break. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me... uh gentleman who's making his annual visit i'll have to say i I think i call out to dick downey every year just about this time you like to call on somebody that has a specialty and if you go to the downey profile on the internet uh, you'll see that his specialty is covering the kentucky derby of course i told you a little bit about his uh storied past at the top of the show uh the the fact that uh he's been an attorney and he's a retired judge uh worked at legal aid part-time helping the poor a great guy, you got to admit that. Uh, he's really fun to be around, and I uh, got to spend a little time with him up at the Keeneland Press Box recently. Not too much, because he had his head buried. He was busy. He was working on the Downey Report. Dick Downey, how you doing? I'm fine, John. How are you today? I'm very well today, very well today, but it's going to get soggy around here, so I'm not sure how that's going to affect the races for uh, opening night down at Churchill. Uh, we'll be interested, and as you know, this will also affect whether or not uh, some trainers have to push their works back. They're already talking about uh, maybe canceling fast and accurate. Uh, the, the weather report, as you probably know, I'm guessing you're still in Kentucky, um, is supposed to be pretty wet on Saturday and starting, I think, late Friday night. So uh, it'll be interesting yeah. to see who goes out on the track and who stays in the stall. Yeah, I think all of Todd Fletcher's. Derby contenders are going to work in the morning, and there'll be several other others work in the morning. Uh, the, there's 14 Derby and Oaks workers going tomorrow in Kentucky. Two of those are at Keeneland IRAP, being the Derby worker over there. And um, Battle of Midway is going to work at Santa Anita tomorrow, and supposed to fly in Saturday. So. Some of them are going to go ahead and get that done before the weekend. I, I guess Steve Asmussen, you know, he's he, he, he'll probably wait till the first of the week, which is not atypical for his guys, and he's still waiting to see if looking at Lee will get in. Um, and then nobody knows when Classic Empire is going to work. I think they're going to – I bet they call an audible. I wouldn't be surprised if they came out early, like first set. Um and work. Uh, they could work during that eight o'clock or eight thirty, uh, you know, special time that's set aside for Derby and Oaks workers, Churchill Downs, which really is has worked out great having that fifteen minutes just for those horses. I but, love uh, it. They don't. They'll come out really early and work. It's it just when when weather permits, I would say. 
Well, you know, if you, if you think about it, and you've been at Churchill, man, that place is like the Atlanta Highway. Uh, as soon as they open the gates in the morning, and this way, there, you know, there's not going to be a loose two-year-old or you know somebody going the wrong way. You know, accidents happen when you've got a uh, hundred horses out on the track at one time. And the fact that they know that there's a pretty good safety zone, you know, that there can't be you know uh, more than thirty horses out there at, at most. And uh, you know, they go out, uh, they warm up, they go about their business, and you know, get back and get their bath. But uh, it's it's a special time because uh, people. They can get on the backstretch uh, pretty, you know, much get a good eyeful of all the major contenders for the trainers that that use that window of time. Yeah, it's 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 good for the horsemen and the horses, and good for the fans too. What I do is uh, I I sit with the clockers uh, up on the fourth floor on the front side, and I love watching those guys work. I got to tell you that clocking crew at Churchill Downs is top rate. They get their reports into Equibase promptly after 10 o'clock every day, and Equibase gets them right up there so everybody can see how the works were timed. And it's, it, um, During the Derby, uh, during the weekend before the Derby, it's really rapid fire sometimes with the works just one right after the other, these important Derby horses, and those guys are all over it. It's really, it's really a pleasure to watch pr- professionals like that work. Yeah, over my many years at the races, I always enjoyed the mornings at the workouts, and I am always amazed at the clockers because, at least where a lot of the tracks I've been at, you know, the trainers will come up and kind of sit down next to him, and he might have three, four guys around him, and meanwhile, he's trying to watch what's going on out there. You know, guys are trying to talk to him, and uh, in the old days, some of the guys that played tricks, they'd like maybe stand in front of him for a while, or they'd tell him <laughs> one horse was out there when it was another one, or they'd, they, they'd uh, you, know, you know, paint a horse's ankles white, so he, he'd get the wrong idea on the horse, but uh, <laughs> those are days of old. It's policed a little bit better right now. Well, I, I know that uh, you do put a full list of, uh, you know, uh, uh, important workouts uh, on on the down, Downey profile. I also see that there's video up there. Um, you, you've got uh, updates. You've got, uh, of course, you did the whole Derby Road. Uh, we've got your history of, of picks. Uh, what, what is it the, that's drawn you uh, that the passion uh, to the Kentucky Derby to, to make this effort every year? Well, I started out. Like many other fans of the sport, uh, when I was a child, my parents would take me to the track, uh, Churchill Downs and Keeneland, and uh, I liked it. You know, I liked it the very first time I went when I was a little kid. And um, to me, thoroughbred racing is Kentucky's major league sport. We really we don't have another major league sport in the state. I think this is our major league sport. And I consider Kentucky to be the capital of the world in this sport. And the Derby is just the, the crown, the crown jewel of, it, of the whole thing. And there's just the pageantry of it, the mystery of it, the competition, uh, the stories behind these horses and their connections. Everything about it, I think, is just great. I've always Absol- felt that way. Absolutely, and you've got to admit. Perhaps one of the best stories of this year is trainer Antonio Sano and Gunavera. What this guy yeah. went through in Venezuela 
and migrated to the United States and started out with three horses. And here he is in the Kentucky Derby. It's unbelievable. People don't realize that he was at one time, I'll just say, the D. Wayne Lucas of uh, Venezuela. Uh, but because of politics and being kidnapped down there, he said, it's, it's time to get out of Dodge. 19-time leading trainer in Venezuela. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it really is. I think a lot of sports writers are gonna gonna have a fun time, you know, if they don't discover it. Because you know, this is the time of year a lot of guys come out of the woods, and you know, it might be the only time they cover a race all year. But that that's certainly a a story I'd point to. Well, listen, well, I've got Dick Downey here again, the creator of the Downey Profile. I uh, suggest you you go over there and check it out. There's a lot of great Derby information there. Um, Dick, l- let me. Uh, just give you thumbnail sketches some of the horses I like that are obvious um, and kind of get your your read on them. Um, let's start with Classic Empire. I really thought that his redemption in the Arkansas Derby was invigorating uh, for Mark Cassie, John Oxley. I mean, we know that the horses had a lot of quirks. Obviously, he's not off to a, a, a great start this year as far as missing works, back problems, foot problems. But I was pretty impressed with the Arkansas Derby. I was, too. And, and not only because he did it after they had to take him to the to, to, to a farm in Ocala, Winding Oaks, to to um, kind of get his head together, maybe. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember a major derby contender getting time off at a farm in Ocala <laughs> during the middle of his triple grand <laughs> or a derby prep campaign. They and, had to get his then, head right. Yeah. And then the, I think that exercise rider down there had, had something to do with that. He, he he and that guy bonded, and I think that guy rode him when he was a two-year-old, too, down there. And, and um, then to come through all that and all those problems and to run the kind of race, just I felt a really professional race in the Arkansas Derby, just it blew me away. And I was a skeptic before he ran the Arkansas Derby. I thought his eyes were way too low, considering that he had run poorly in one race this year, had been sent to a farm to, recu- to recuperate or whatever the term is, and then to be sent off at two to one in that race. I thought, this is insane. And, and yet, he ran a professional race, and I thought he didn't win by much, but I thought he looked, looked much the best in the race. Well, what impressed me the most, and I'll move on to another horse rather quickly here, is the way that... Julian, whether it was his decision or not, got him in a flying V, and he was had to be raided and was hit with dirt in the face uh, the whole way, um, you know, and for a while there, it looked like there was no room in the inn when they were coming around the turn. I mean, mm-hmm. for him to take all that, I don't think you could have have a better practice round going into a race with 20 horses where anything can happen. I agree. It was, it was quite impressive. Well, my, my 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 other horse that uh, I I really like uh, because of its its connections and how he's been uh, brought up to this race is is McCracken. I mean, you know the uh, the teamwork between Ian Wilkes and Brian Hernandez Jr. Uh, I you get I guess you got to you got to put a line uh, through through the bluegrass. Um, you know, I rap just was the right horse for the right day, but. Uh, he, he he's come right back, and everything I've heard from Ian Wilkes is, he, he you know, if anything else, it's made him stronger. I don't know what to make of that horse. He, uh, I I think Wilkes 
expected a lot more out of him than he got in the bluegrass. And I, I don't think we can lose sight of the fact that that horse was training brilliantly before the bluegrass, like he's training now. And um, I can't help but wonder if he has distance limitations. But but I, I don't I, I I I can't say that he does. I just I wonder about it. Well, maybe his breeding doesn't these, suggest it. Maybe he's one of these horses that uh, Wayne, Wayne Lucas used to talk about: run bad at Keeneland, run good at Churchill, and vice versa. And you know, he might be one of those. Well, you go you you go back through history, and you'll know that he won't be the first horse that lost in the bluegrass that came back and performed well in the Kentucky Derby. Well, I gave you two of my favorite horses. Uh, is there is there one that I didn't mention that Dick Downey wants to comment on? Well, I don't know if you've been watching the, the live video since Todd Fletcher's crew got there, but Battalion Runner and Always Dreaming are both extremely uh, impressive looking individuals. Always Dreaming is. He's um, about to jump out of his skin in the mornings. He's he just he, the exercise rider absolutely has her hands full with him. Yesterday was his first day on the track, and he, I mean, he was he was just he wasn't out of control, but he was on the verge of it. Today he was more under control, but still very headstrong and but a really strong gallop uh, and. Um, I'm really curious to see, I think it's important to look at his gallops in the morning, not just his workout tomorrow, but his gallops in the coming days to see if he's kind of has his himself under control. You don't want him, you know, if you like that horse, you don't want him to be ranked in the Kentucky Derby. And if he's ranked during his gallops, you got to worry about that he might be ranked in the Kentucky Derby amidst all that stress. And then the right. pain runner... The battalion runner is an imposing-looking individual, too. and uh, I think there's a good case for him to go forward in this next race. Uh, you know, he didn't run too bad in the Wood Memorial, considering I think he'd been off. He hadn't raced in 64 days, I think it was. And uh, he didn't run a bad race, all things considered. Uh, State well, of Honor is a, you know, State of Honor that horse is like Giacomo was in 2010. That horse is always around at the finish. He just doesn't win. And uh, he has the kind of record that Giacomo had coming into the Derby. And uh, he's a tall horse. I heard they call him the giraffe at the barn. He's, <laughs> he's, yeah. I heard Joe Christofek say that during the video yesterday or the day before. And um, that horse, you know, that's, that, I guess we could say he is Mark Cassie's other horse. I would keep my kind of keep my eye on him. Well, as we know that this this Derby, and a lot of times you you know you you've been there, done that. That there's you know a, a huge standout or maybe two standouts. Uh, you you can make a case for three quarters of the of the horses in here, uh, including ones that could pull an upset. But uh, what I would advise our listeners to do is uh, over over the next uh, week and a half to stay tuned to the Downey profile. Dick, you do a fantastic job of uh, collecting the information and and sending it out to people. And all they got to do is Google the Downey profile, and they're there, right? That's right. That's well, right, it sounds Brian. good. Well, thanks for pulling over on the highway for me. You came in loud and clear, and I look forward to seeing you down there at Churchill Downs, Dick. All right. You tell Byron King to, to be good when he comes on. Tell him to be I good. I will. 
I, I will. I never know when he's been out with the boys before he comes on the show. So, uh, you know, I got to I got to measure him when he first comes on. I, I'll, I'll tell him. As a matter of fact, he's listening right now. So thanks again, right. Dick Downey from the Downey Profile. We're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we're going to have the king of the cappers, the one, the only Byron King. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, as I said at the top of the show, Byron King, native of Louisville, Kentucky handicapper. So, uh, you know, we're going to reach out to him later in the show to talk about final day at Keeneland and opening night at Churchill Downs. Uh, he's uh, always got his finger on the pulse of those two tracks. Uh, he's uh, covered racing uh, all, from all over, but the Kentucky circuit is his home. Uh He's uh, been involved in some horse ownership and helping people buy horses. And another of the big line of guests, I'd like to count them up, that graduated from the University of Arizona that have been on this show. Byron King, welcome to Winning Ponies. Thank you for having me, John. Well, I, I love it. You're, you're a great guest. Your you're delivery smooth, and you're always well-informed. As a matter of fact, uh, you help keep uh, your... Uh, Readers very well informed. Earlier this week, there was an NTRA teleconference. Joe Sharp was on it. Uh, he was uh, directly questioned uh, by a couple people. As a matter of fact, Dick Downey was one of them uh, about uh, Gervin and how, why there's been kind of a change in his training schedule. Because uh, if there's ever a two-week period where you don't want to change what's happening with your horse, it's leading up to the first Saturday in May. And uh, it seems like you, you did a little more, uh, you know, sleuthing and reporting, and uh, you got to the truth of the story. Well, uh, yes. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think I did anything that was that any other, you know, uh, reporter would would have done, and it was a team effort by all of us uh, at the DRF. Um, you know, uh, obviously this horse, Jay Pribman wrote a story for the Friday form. Uh, which would I guess have had appeared yesterday online that that he was in um, Z bar shoes, which is a special kind of shoe that is used to protect horses with um, a foot issue. Um, 
and it could range from an abscess to a quarter crack. And um, um, Joe was initially, um, you know, uh, wasn't keen to, to talk about it, and that sometimes is is the case with people with derby horses when things are not always, you know, super smooth. You know, they they like to to talk about the good stuff and, and less so about the, the negatives. And um, But anyway, today I had the chance to chat with him, and he um, did it explain that the horse has a quarter crack in its right front hoof. That is like, um, in layman's terms, it starts like at the, the cornet and, and goes down, um, just like a think about cracking a fingernail or something. And sometimes these things can be painful uh, and make them a little ouchy on them, and other times they can be no big deal. Uh, and um, sometimes they can recover quickly from them, and other times they um, they have some discomfort. So um, anyway, this one has taken a bit longer. That was the reason why he was brought from his regular base at Churchill Downs trackside to Keeneland, um, and he has been getting uh, hyperbaric treatments at Kesmark, uh, which is near uh, Keeneland, um, and uh, people believe that uh, that kind of high-pressure oxygen kind of treatment can help uh, uh, facilitate healing. Uh, he also went to Rudin Riddle um, uh, to see a, a specialist, uh, a specialist foot doctor, Raul Bras, and um, he designed a special shoe for him. So he is going to swim tomorrow, as he did today, to maintain his fitness, and then they're hopeful to work him on Saturday at Keeneland. Uh, of course, that could be influenced by the weather because there's a, a strong chance of rain Friday night into Saturday morning. So that is essentially the lowdown. But as you mentioned, it is something that nobody wants to have happen to them um, a couple weeks before the Kentucky Derby. Uh, but it is something that horses on an everyday uh, kind of, you know, um, day at the track, there will be horses that have been, you know, uh, recovered from quarter cracks that are running and whatnot. So it's not as if this is some, um, you know, uh, major, major deal. It's just a matter right. of what, you know, what kind of discomfort does he have, you know, and does it set, set it back his fitness? So that's essentially what we're dealing with, you know, uh, at this point in time. And just to recap for our listeners, uh, he was uh, very impressive down in the Crescent City there, taking the Grade 2 Risen Star and the Grade 2 Louisiana Derby. But they are two races that people are saying maybe didn't have the quality that some of these other horses uh, have been racing against and kind of making uh, Brian Hernandez Jr. look like a seer and getting off Gervin and moving over to McCracken. Yes, I mean, and... and to be honest, if I had been Brian's agent, that would have been what I would have advised. Now, granted, that was um, uh, before this whole uh, before this quarter crack happened, which happened about a week ago. Um, but he made that decision before then. But I think you you know you look at McCracken; he's a little more battle tested prior to Bluegrass. He had not lost. You know, he had beaten Tappert at. Tampa. He had beaten some other good horses, State of Honor, um, and he's also proven at Churchill Downs. And you have 
Ian Wilkes, for whom he rides uh, quite a bit, a long, long-time client, and Ian uh, was the assistant for um, um, for Carl Nasker when Street Sense won the Kentucky Derby. So, uh, you know, he he was directly involved with Street Sense's preparation. In fact, he was the exercise rider for Unbridled, too, when Unbridled won the Kentucky Derby for Nasker. So um, he's been down this road. So I, I think he chose, you know, the safe bet. And, and certainly you raise a very good point that the competition that um, Gervin faced in New Orleans was, I think, pretty suspect. And um, even though he is the points leader coming into the race, I don't think even had this thing not happened uh, that he would have been any better than the fourth or fifth betting choice, you know. You know, also, I think Brian Hernandez, I, I know him personally, and he, he's he's a quality guy, and I think there's loyalty involved here, and he knows how far that Ian Wilkes ha- has brought him, and he's still riding for Joe Sharp, but, you know, you dance with the one that brung you, and I think out of respect for all that Ian's done for him, he would have taken no McCracken no matter what. And, and you know, Joe, um, I think, really knew this. I, I When I saw... Um, Gervin work at Church Downs Trackside. This was about two weeks ago, I want to say, uh, before the, the quarter crack um, uh, occurred, which, by the way, it can just occur just out of the blue, just one day galloping on track, you can get, you know, that it can just pop out, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of, um, it can happen. But anyway, uh, Brian Hernandez was there, and I think he mainly just wanted to, you know, wish Joe well and, and all that, and and I heard them chatting, and he said, look, you know, I knew you were going to pick the other horse. It was, you know, I think he just wanted, he was fine with getting another rider if, you know, I think he wanted, obviously, to win the the Louisiana Derby and made the most sense to ride the jockey that had been riding him there rather than make a switch ahead of time and, and, uh, and so forth. And, I mean, he has Mike Smith, um as the substitute rider, provided the horse makes the race and provided there aren't any um, changes uh, as a result of this quarter crack situation that might cause Mike Smith to go, you know, elsewhere. But as of now, um, he is Mike Smith, you know, Hall of Famer, is his scheduled pilot for the Derby. Not too bad, but it certainly would be sad to see Mike Smith sitting on the sidelines on Derby Day, as hot as he's been over the last year. Um, real quick, uh, I want to ask you about a horse that really hasn't come into a whole lot of conversations that, that I've had with, with, the, with the turf riders and the horse players, uh, who I, for some reason, have always liked, and that's Gormley, who's coming in uh, from the West Coast. It was kind of a weirdly run Santa Anita, and all of a sudden at the end, up pops who else but Victor Espinoza uh, on Gormley, and it just seems like John Sheriff has kind of laid out a plan for this horse. You know, I don't think he was that upset when he lost to San Felipe, and he, he just seems to be in the right place at the right time. What, what's your read on him? Well, to be honest with you, uh, um, while I do not make my picks this far out, I like to, you know, really look at the PPs side by side after they've drawn the races and try to just formulate a picture like I would a normal race, you know. Um, but having said all that, I would be really reluctant, I think, to take Gormley. I, I do not 
think that the Santa Anita Derby was uh, a very good one this year. Even though it was a grade one, it was a race that was filled with um, some, you know, just not uh, not a vintage crop of runners. I think you because of the injury to Mastery, who had been the the you know the presumptive Derby favorite, and certainly the presumptive Santa Anita Derby favorite, it did not have. You know, a lot of quality, uh, or it had depth, but not proven quality, I'd say. Now, having said that, he is a dual grade one winner, but like I said, I don't think the Santa Anita Derby was a real kind of grade one race in my mind. And I think he also got a, a nice trip, stalking a fast pace, but, you know, they came home, and the Santa Anita Derby is running 151. That is, uh, at Santa Anita, I mean, that's not that fast, and it only resulted in an 88 buyer speed figure, so he's going to have to run a lot faster if he's to um, to win the Kentucky Derby. Now, he has run in the 90s before, um, but um, he would not be, I would be surprised if he's among my selections. All right, well, uh, I did want to get a read because his name hasn't come up a lot, uh, but like you said, he's a dual grade one winner. We're talking with Byron King. Uh, writer for the Daily Racing Forum. We're going to go to a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to close out Keeneland and open up Churchill Downs, uh, perhaps uh, take a quick trip to Gulfstream Park. They're all uh, competitive fields, but kind of short. If time allows, we'll move back to some Derby and Oaks talks. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me from the Daily Racing Forum, the king of the cappers, Byron King, is with us. We're going to break down a couple of races. If time allows, we'll get back to some derby talk. Um, At Keeneland, which is the last place I saw Byron King, they're going to run the uh, Bewitch Stakes, a grade three, mile and a half. It's the ninth. Now, this race is tomorrow, not on Saturday. We usually do Saturday races. And uh, we were talking weather, derby weather. Oh, hoping it'll be good, but right now it looks like uh, we're going to get some rain uh, between now and when this race is run. Um, I'll be honest with you, that was the main thing I took into my handicap. Uh, We know that the course was kind of damp, 
you know, last week anyhow. So I think if the horse, if the course is that yielding, I'm kind of looking for the horses with European. One is a European bread, which is Arles, a French bread. And another one's a Kentucky bread with, you know, unbelievable European breeding uh, by Dan Silly out of a Galileo mare called Earring, Kentucky bred, but uh, pretty much ran already most of its career in Ireland. And, uh, you, you know, in Ireland, it only rains twice a week, uh, Monday through Thursday and Friday <laughs> through Saturday. So exactly. <laughs> this horse is, both of these horses have plenty of experience against quality competition uh, over in Europe. And both of them have come back and competed uh, fairly well in graded stakes races, but I'm giving the nod to, to Arlson here uh, coming out of the grade three red carpet at Del Mar. Now, that was the last race last year, but, but first race this year, the La Prevente, I'm not saying that right, just missed by a length with Joel Rosario, who's been tearing up Keeneland and gets the call back. You know, I'm in full agreement with you here. Um, now, I did check the latest Weather, at least I checked it for Louisville, but you generally speaking, Lexington's pretty, pretty similar. And they were calling for, I think the, the rain to primarily be in the evening hours tomorrow, uh, and then into the morning on Saturday. So we may not get rain on closing day at Keeneland, which would be a nice thing. And obviously that's why they run a stake. So, uh, I'm not so sure if, if we'll, we'll be dealing with, um, you know, a wet course, but uh, regardless... I still like Arles. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I, I like Arles and Earring uh, as well. It's a very interesting race, though, in that, or well, I shouldn't say interesting in this respect, but it, it Arles has been second seven times from 12 starts, and Earring has been uh, second five times from nine starts. So neither of them are the type that seem to want to well, there are more often the bridesmaid than the, um, you know, than the, than the winner, and so that's a bit of a concern. Uh, the other horse that I would mention is Daring Duchess, who's kind of like the speed of the race, and though she hasn't run for a while, that could put her at a bit of a, a, a fitness disadvantage. But she ran well on the lead uh, last year, and I think she would be the other one to put in the mix. But short field. And some faults with the favorites, but hard to really like some alternative. It's kind of a pass race for me, at least from a betting standpoint, unless the betting is skewed in, in some way that I'm not expecting. Well, what's interesting, in a grade three race outside of Daring Duchess, the entire field is eligible for non-winners of three. Oh, it's... It, <laughs> It's, it's very strange. Usually this is the kind of race where you can get a pretty decent field. Usually turf races, you know, are going to outdraw those four, um, you know, and especially a graded race where they can pick up black type and so forth. But um, it's just one of these things, you know. Uh, um, you know, I suppose some of these, you know, the short distance ones went to Keeneland um, earlier in the meet and then some of the kind of middle distance kind of ones are coming back uh, around derby time at Belmont, uh, you know, horses like C. Polisi and stuff. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think it kind of, some of those tweeners uh, might have skipped this one in favor of that race. But it is what right. it is. And, um, you know, uh, it, it certainly, I think, it's it's time for Earl to, to win a race if uh, or she might get on my... Um, bet against list because 
to 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 me, this is the field she should be. She's run second twice to a very nice horse and suffused. Um, so, and her other race, she got beat a nose at Del Mar last year. You know, so um, she should win this one, I think. Um, barring the, uh, you know, unless she <laughs> sixth or second second dice. All right. Well, check your watch. we got about five minutes left, I'm told. Uh, the William Walker is the feature on Saturday Eve at Churchill Downs. Uh, five of the seven horses in here were nominated at the Triple Crown. And pretty much at this point, I think if you're in the William Walker, your connections are probably figuring, well, maybe my horses have distance limitations. Uh, now, uh, the, the horse that everybody will be talking about was a horse that was hyped a little bit as a two-year-old, which is uh, Cindergard, who is making his debut for Todd Pletcher and Johnny V. Now, if those reins do come, you know, this horse won a sprint stake in the mud, the funny side, by 10 and a quarter lengths. So, uh, uh, no problem w- with an off track. He's got good connections. Uh, w- was good enough that he ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Fish in fifth, the, the classic empire. I think he's the, the, the class of the field. Uh, my wild card in here is Conquest Wildcat, uh, a horse that, you know, has a win uh, over Churchill, but doesn't have experience over a wet track what i like about this horse is when i go back and look at how many horses conquest wildcat ran against that have come back and won races including a senior investment um the last race he won the two horses that finished behind him came back and won their next race so uh he'd probably be the horse i'd I'd put in there um of course uh, dr hansen has decided that enhance is a sprinter bodie miller's in on the ownership of that one how you see it brian you know, I, we're we're in a full agreement here. Uh, I did not, again, I did not see this as a particularly great betting race because of the short field and because of what I uh, see as uh, very little vulnerability with Syndergaard. Uh, this is a horse that, you know, gave practical joke who's running in the Derby all he wanted in the grade one champagne last year after getting pushed through splits of 44 and 3 for a half mile, 108 and change for three quarters, and he gets speed a, a nose, a 134 and change in the champagne. He's just a very fast horse, and, and it looks like they just send him away from there and, and off uh, and dare them all to catch him. Um, now, he has not run this year, and I agree with you. If by chance he's short or uh, if, you know, uh, Pletcher's record, for whatever reason, at Churchill Downs does not stack up next, not just in the Derby, but just overall, does not stack up uh, the same way it does at Gulfstream, Belmont, Saratoga, Keeneland. Now, maybe it's just strictly chance. I mean, he certainly has won his share of races, but it's not quite as, as dominant. But regardless, I would have to think that this horse is going to be very tough. And if he needs one, I think, you know, you're, you're on the right track with Conquest. Wildcat, who comes out of a very fast race at, at, at Oakland when he was second in stake there. Yes, that was the Bachelor. Well, they're telling me I only got two minutes. I don't know if you got a chance uh, to to look at the Miami Mile. Did you get a chance to look at that race? I did not. Um, so uh, we'd so, probably be better spent uh, talking about the Derby, to be honest with <laughs> you. Well, okay. Well, like I said, I've only got about a minute and a half, maybe two left. Uh, you know, we've talked about the horses that that are logical. Um, who does Byron King think might be a sleeper in the field? Hmm. 
sleeper? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know who's the sleeper. Um, there's got to be know, some, because there's a lot of talent. There has to be some. Uh, I, you know, I could see... <laughs> you know... I hate to be so wishy-washy, but I tell you, I, I just tell you what some of the horses that I, I view as I, I think are, are appealing to me. Is, okay, I'm down to a minute, so crack okay, them out. Uh, real quickly, some of them that I see as appealing is, you know, uh, I, I think uh, Gunavera is, is interesting. I don't know if he'll necessarily be, a, a, you know, a huge price, but I think he'll be 8 or 10 to 1. Um, I think... Obviously, you know you you know you always dreaming um, is is a prime contender. I'm, I'm leaning against Classic Empire, um, um, but you know I, I maybe if you want to throw in a wild card for just maybe could rally and pick up something maybe Patch. If if I hey, you had to twist my arm and said give me a fifty to one shot or a forty to one shot that could crash the sober, I guess I'd say Patch. All right. Well, Byron King from the Daily Racing Forum, uh, one of the most pleasant guys to deal with in the sport of racing. Thanks so much for uh, for being with us on Winning Ponies, and I'm sure we'll bump into each other uh, down under the Twin Spires this week. I will very much look forward to it. Okay, that was Byron King from the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, I want to thank Dick Downey. Again, the the Downey profile, it's a great site if you're looking for information uh, on the Kentucky Derby. And if you're information looking for information on any and all racing any day, go to winningponies.com. Pull down your easy win forms. We've had some big wins. You might have a nice bankroll going into Derby Day. So thank you to my guest, Thank uh, uh, Thank you again to Matt Widener for producing the show and making me look good. And remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.